excited to be here with you this morning and share a word that God has put on my heart. And I want to talk today about the subject of inheritance, of inheritance. Just by show of hands, how many people know someone, friend, family member, or just somebody that you've known through the years that has received at some point in time, maybe unexpectedly, a, a sizable inheritance, something that really uh, was just shocking and changed their life. Maybe it was from a lost uh, relative that passed on, maybe a parent, something like that. Who's, who knows somebody or has just a few hands, right? Not a lot of people, more coming up now. Um, how many people would really be honest and say that they would like to receive, or if there was a huge inheritance that just happened to come your way, that you'd be pretty excited about that. Just be honest, raise your hand, right? Let me ask you this, if that inheritance were so sizable, millions of dollars, property, businesses, just let your mind wander for a minute at all the things that that could be, how would that change your life? How would your life change tomorrow upon receiving that kind of inheritance? It would change a lot of things, would it not? It'd probably change for a lot of people where they live, kind of vehicles they drive, where they send their kids to school. Maybe so a lot of people wouldn't work anymore, right? Wouldn't go to a job. They dedicate their time to things that they are passionate about, maybe ministry, other causes. It would change your world forever. Think about the subject of inheritance. What is really an inheritance? It's basically something that has been left to us, something that someone has already paid a price for. Someone else has already earned it. It isn't something that we personally have to go and do the work for, right? Someone else has already sacrificed, has already laid the wages down to receive and possess that inheritance. It's just going to transfer to us if we are rightful heirs to that inheritance. We would have to identify ourselves, right? If we were to receive knowledge that an inheritance had been left to us, it had already been purchased, it had already been earned, all we had to do was claim it and receive it, then we would have to go through a course of action to identify ourselves, right, as the rightful heirs to that inheritance. And upon our identity being validated and saying that we are who we claim to be and that we are the person that that inheritance is being left to, then all of the rights and privileges that are specified in the contract of that inheritance will then transfer to us. So we don't earn it, we don't purchase it, but we take a course of action that is predicated by our belief and our understanding and knowledge that it is ours, and we take that course of action to claim it identify ourselves as right for heirs, and then we receive it. That's a powerful thought towards what an inheritance is all about. But what's even more powerful is that 
even though only a few of us raised our hand that we've known someone or uh, even personally that would receive an inheritance and everybody raised their hand that they would, their world would change if they did, I just wanna tell you today that there is an inheritance that has already been purchased and earned and bought for each and every person that is here today and that walks the face of this earth. It's already been done. Now, some people will go through their life without actually claiming that inheritance, and some people will inherit part of it, but not necessarily exercise or walk out all of the rights and privileges that are associated with that inheritance. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth, suffered and died on the cross. He became our sin. He ascended to the Father in heaven, and through our faith in the fact that he was who he said he was, then when we confess that and believe that, then the Holy Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of our hearts, and we are, the Bible tells us, born again, made new creations, and we are entering into the family of God. And we become inheritors of everything that Christ purchased for us. I want to pray before I dive into all this. Lord, I just ask that your presence would rest here with us this morning all the way through. God, I ask that by your spirit you would draw hearts, Lord. You would soften hearts. Each and every one of us have different things that we come today in need of. But God, your word is all-powerful, and it can meet every need for every person. And God, I ask that the hearts would just be softened so that the seeds can be planted in good soil and that you would water them and make them grow, as only you can do. And I ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's an inheritance that's been purchased for us. It's been bought for us. It's been earned. We don't have to purchase it. We don't have to earn it. But we do have to take a course of action in order to claim it and receive it. The Bible tells us, if you'll go with me in Romans 8, chapter, 14, or chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Those led by the Spirit have received the new birth. These are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption of whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Once we are born again through our faith in the grace that's granted to us through Jesus' substitutionary work on the cross, once we re receive and inherit that salvation, we become children of God. We earn familial status in the kingdom of heaven. Right? The Bible tells us prior to that that we are children of, this, children of this world, but that we become children of God, heirs to the kingdom, familial status in God's family 
whenever we receive Christ as our Savior. 2 Peter chapter 1 goes on to say, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given to us, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We actually become partakers of God's divine nature. The Holy Spirit indwelling in us, God's very nature, we get to partake in. This is a powerful, powerful revelation in Scripture. But I'll just make this point, that when we earn that familial status in God's family, in God's kingdom, that we have holy DNA, holy DNA, imputed to us, given to us, put into us by the grace that God has given through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a powerful, powerful revelation in scripture that we see. We're not just in receiving salvation. We're not just, okay, going to heaven. We are actually changing our very DNA, spiritual DNA, when we receive God as our savior. So what was given to us? We, we earn our inheritance. We become rightful heirs. We are right to assume all of the privileges and everything that's been purchased for us and granted to us. We are in the right to assume that, to exercise those rights and privileges, to walk them out because we have earned that status. We become heirs to what God has done for us. But what, was, what, what all was given to us? Well, first of all, the Bible is filled from beginning to end with promises and blessings and things that God has done and given to us that we are inheritors of that I would suppose in a lifetime we could never fully wrap our minds around, but that we would ever strive to get more understanding and knowledge about all those rights and privileges that we have so that we can walk them out in this earth and be effective for God. A couple of the things that I believe a lot of the promises just flow out of that were granted to us in Christ's redeeming work in the inheritance that was purchased for us. Number one is we received, obviously, eternal life. And the devil was conquered. We have been given authority over everything on this earth. God has put everything through Christ, un, because we are joint heirs with Christ, and he put everything under Christ's feet, then he put everything under our feet if we work through the power of Christ that's in us. Everything is under our subjection if we will exercise the rights properly that have been given to us. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So the bondage, the oppression that we are under by Satan, by the powers of darkness that rule this earth, we are given authority over 
and they are made in subjection to us under our feet the very moment that we become heirs of what God has already done for us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Christ is the head of the church, and the church, us, we are the body, and everything has been put under that, the feet. So all things in this earth are under our subjection if we exercise our authority by the power of Christ that works in us. Genesis 3, verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and, he shall bru- and you shall bruise his heel. Again, we see more reference to the fact that the, the work of the enemy, the powers of Satan, the powers of darkness, where they stand in place of authority are under our feet, under the feet of Christ and under our feet as joint heirs with Christ upon receiving that inheritance that has been bought and purchased for us. And in Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So one of the greatest things that we can grab hold of in Scripture that's been given to us rightfully in our inheritance is that we have authority in the power of Jesus Christ working in us over every foul, demonic, evil-working thing that would harass or tempt us or come against us in this earthly walk. It doesn't say that we'll be excluded from those things. It just says that they are under our feet, that we have authority over them, and that they have to obey that authority if we exercise it properly. The other thing that has been granted to us in our inheritance, rightfully purchased, is the fact that anything we go to the Father for in prayer, asking in his Son Jesus' name and according to God's will, if we believe it, that we will receive it. 1 John 5 and 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. So the Bible tells us that as long as what we're coming to God for is according to his will, and we will come to God for things according to his will as we walk in fellowship with him as joint heirs, the things that we would naturally want to go to the Father for, we understand are his will for us and his will for the things he would have in our life. And as we believe that he says we can come to him and he'll give them to us, then they will be granted. The other thing he says about about coming to him in prayer is that we ask in the name of Jesus knowing that it's because of Jesus that this, this privilege has been bought for us. It's through Jesus' work that it has been obtained. He says in John 14, 12 through 14, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So 
God has, in our inheritance, given us authority over all the things in this earth. They all stand in a position under our feet, and he has allowed us the right to come to him in prayer and receive anything that we are in need of that is according to his will if we ask in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And all of these promises in the Bible, there's so many that we could get into about uh, provision and protection and no fear and all these things, really, I believe they all flow out of the understanding that everything in, in this earth is under our feet. It is in, in subjection to us by the power of Christ that works in us. And anything that we are in need of through this earthly walk that we have access to, and we don't even have to question whether it's available to us, that as long as we ask according to his will and in Jesus' name, that we will receive it. These are powerful, powerful things that are already ours, that we don't have to earn, that we don't have to labor for. We just have to realize that when we accept Christ, that we are heirs and we are rightful inheritors of this, and there is an action that we assume predicated by the belief and the knowledge that we already own it, and the action is, is that we declare it, we walk it out, we pursue it, we advance it, and we allow it to be manifest in our lives and in this world as God works through us, right? It's already ours. It's not like we have to wait to see if our request gets accepted. It's already been done. There are a lot of times when we cannot assume rights and privileges that we already have been granted, right? That's possible. I want to tell you a little story. One time I was running a, a, a project in the, our family construction business. It was really far south down in St. Jim County. And it was about a crew of 10, 12 guys and really highly regulated from a safety standpoint. So we had to have safety glasses and hard hats and vests and everything you can imagine at all times. And uh, one day we were down there and it was really chaotic all the time, so much going on around you. And the, the safety glasses were, were starting to break for a bunch of the guys and couldn't see it through them. They were getting scratched up. And I realized, oh my gosh, I need safety glasses now. I need to get, you know, more safety glasses if we're going to be able to continue working through today and tomorrow here. So I called my dad up, and I felt really bad because I was, you know, I'm calling him up saying, hey, I'm down here, you know, at St. Jim County, and I need more safety glasses. I don't know what to say, but we need them down here if we're going to keep going. So frustrated, and rightly so, he goes from wherever he's at in St. Louis, goes, picks up safety glasses, drives all the way down to St. Jim County, gets them to us. You know, and we just kind of go back on about our day. And I'm going out to my truck after work, putting all my stuff away. And as I'm putting things in the back seat, I just happen to look underneath my seat. And what do you think I saw? Whole box of safety glasses, brand new box. Incidentally, my dad is here. I don't think he ever heard the end of that story. So now he knows how that turned out. I didn't feel that knowledge was really necessary. So I didn't share it. But... <laughs> The point of that story is this. We can be in possession of things that we own that can help us and assist us in the work that God would have us to do 
but we cannot be aware of that, and therefore it would bring no value to us, right? There was no value brought to me and to our project that day by the fact that I already owned, I already had in my possession what I needed. Here's another point. When we don't have the awareness, not only do we not just realize the privileges and and the rights that that would give us, but it actually still costs us something. Because we went through that day struggling, waiting for those to get there. My dad had to take time out. There was other places he could have been, right? When you go through your life facing a trial or a temptation that there's a promise and there's a privilege that's already been purchased for you and granted to you that you're unaware of, and you don't assume those rights and privileges and you move through it, not only did that right and privilege not bring blessing and favor to you, but it also cost you something because you fought the battle not fully equipped with what you could have fought it with. And maybe you didn't even walk the victory out fully that you could have walked out. The, ch- the children of God, the nation Israel, if you read in the book of Judges in chapter 1 and chapter 2, you know, they're continuing their conquest through the uh, promised land, and Joshua is leading them in the battles one after another, and God has already granted to them all of these territories and all of these areas. He's, he's already said, they're yours. I'm giving them to you. I promise them to you. So they were already inheritors of that. But if you read it, it talks about a lot of these areas that the children of God did not fully drive the people out of. In the lowlands, they, they didn't drive them out because they had chariots of iron. So they thought they were more powerful than, than they were, so they, didn't, they couldn't overtake them. So they didn't fully drive them out of the lowlands. And there were a lot of other areas that the children of God, they fought, they battled, but they didn't fully drive the enemy out of, and therefore they never fully inherited or possessed the land, the promises, the inheritance that had been granted to them. The Bible goes on to say that God told them, I will make these people a thorn in your side because you have not obeyed my commands. They were overwhelmed in the natural, so what had already been done in the supernatural was not able to flow through because they didn't exercise, they didn't take the action and walk it out based on the knowledge and the belief that it was already theirs. It didn't matter if they had 50-foot chariots of iron. If God said it was yours, I don't know how, but when I walk down there, maybe they're just going to disintegrate. I don't know, but God said it, so he's going to show me how and he's going to see it through. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed in the natural by the circumstances And then we can forget to employ the promises and blessings that have been purchased supernaturally for us that really already have the victory secured. And then we cannot fully inherit what has been given to us. If you inherited a bunch of land, this is my, let's say, my inheritance, right? I've I've just realized I've received this huge inheritance. And all of these pages are filled with things that are my rights and privileges that are, have been granted to me. And let's say I learned that I own a huge estate, hundreds of acres and a mansion. It's mine. And I go out there to occupy it, and I find there's people living there. 
people hanging out on the land, enjoying all the privileges, but they don't own it. What am I going to do? I'm going to drive them out, aren't I? And why am I going to drive them out? Because I already know that it's mine. I believe there's no question about the fact that I own that and they don't belong there, that I am the one that needs to occupy that and they can't. And I would go to the authorities and I would say, I need you to remove them by force. This is mine. And then the authorities would uphold my request and help me carry out my rights because it already says in my contract that I own it and under law they're obligated to uphold that. You see the spiritual parallel here? Right? We become heirs. Heirs. Joint heirs with Christ. Receiving the inheritance and all the riches that have been granted to us and given to us and purchased for us. And we identify ourselves as rightful owners of that inheritance. And then upon understanding the rights and privileges, the knowledge of what we own, then we can go about exercising and taking action to enforce those rights and realize those privileges. And the ultimate governing spiritual authority that wrote the contract will uphold it and see that it is carried out. Right? If I'm reading through, I mean, that stuff just gets me excited. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It just means that there really shouldn't be any existence of doubt or question. I may not know how it's going to work out, but I know that it's going to work out, that it's going to happen. If I'm reading through this inheritance and everything that I've just received, and all of a sudden I get to a page, and I'm like, oh, babe, we, we own a house in Hawaii. Oh, my gosh, we own a house in Hawaii. I'm going to be ecstatic about that, right? What about this? Oh, my gosh. The Bible tells me in 2 Timothy that fear has no place in my life. Fear cannot torment me. It cannot bond me. It cannot keep me in oppression. It cannot stay. It's not a spirit of God. He's given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. It does not have, it cannot stay. Holy cow. What else is in here for me? Right? Would you not be reading through this meticulously every minute of every day? Hmm. Things that make you go home, right? <laughs> the beautiful thing is that whatever is in here, not only is it secured, but the Father God watches over every minute of every day to see that it is carried out and performed. Jeremiah 1.12 in the NIV says, The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. He's standing right over your shoulder, and the moment those rights get employed, 
He is there to back it as the spiritual governing authority, the ultimate authority, and to see that it is carried out as his word has declared each and every time. See, we're not praying to some God in a faraway land waiting to see if he'll accept our petitions and we're on hold to just see if it's granted to us. We're praying to the God whose nature resides in us, who we walk in fellowship with every day. We are declaring the things that he has already done and possessed and purchased for us. Not some God out there that we know exists, but we're just hoping that he hears us or waiting to see if it works. Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, that you're, you're going to provide for me, so I'm just asking for provision, and I'll wait to see what you say. No. No. God, you're my provider. You said it. I walk in covenant with you. I don't care what the natural says. It won't overwhelm my spiritual understanding of the fact that I have this. You've purchased it. And if you purchased it in the way you did on the cross, God, it is done. It is done. So, so many things that we have, that we have. But why? Why do we have it all? Why have we inherited all of this? Why has God saw it fit to grant us with all of the riches of his glory? It's really a simple but, but profound answer that we can never really fully comprehend. It's because he really loves us that much. He really, really loves us that much. John 15, 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. And boy, he laid it down. He laid it down in one of the most violent, brutal types of ways that anyone could ever do. And he did it because he really loves us that much. The Bible pleads with us to get as much of a grip and an understanding and an awareness of this love that has been given to us, that God has for us, as we can possibly have. In Romans chapter 8, Verse 31 and 32 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How then shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There again, giving us all the things that he has been provided for us and the fact that he loved us so much that he laid his son down life down for us. Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible says to be grounded and rooted in this love, right? Verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that's us, 
that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being grounded and rooted in love. Grounded and rooted, right? Grounded, you know, an electrical current, when something's grounded, it's, the current can just flow right through it and just pass right through and all the power can be transferred out. If it's not grounded, then it explodes, right? The, the power just would destroy it. And then being rooted, obviously the roots are so spread out and so deep that no matter what kind of a wind or a storm would come against it, it can withstand. So being grounded in the rooted that God loves me this much that he did all of this for me in anything that we ever face, that will be like this overarching, residing awareness and understanding that will lead us to grab hold of all of the rights and the privileges that have already been given to us. And it's not because we try to remember all the things, but it's because he loves me that much that he's done all the things for me that I'll ever need and purchased everything that I'll ever have to have in my life. And I go back to this love that he has for me and it leads me to the place of finding everything that I need to find. He really loves us that much. And we would strive to understand through his word and through his witness all of the many riches and glories and things that we are already owners of, possessors of, and that once we have the understanding and the knowledge of that, that we could exercise those rights and privileges and walk them out. James says, let the word be implanted in you. Receive with meekness the implanted word that it may save your soul. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Right, so as we understand the rights and privileges purchased and granted to us, and those truths become resident in us, implanted in us, then we can therefore take action to walk them out. Be doers of the word, right? He's saying, all of this has been given to you, it's been granted to you, but you gotta, you gotta take action, you gotta walk it out, you have gotta assume it, you gotta use those rights and use those privileges in the things that come against you or in the situations that present themselves to you. And so I close with this. God really loves us that much. He really loves us that much that he paid the ultimate price for us to receive this vast, enormous inheritance with all of these riches and glory in his glory and all of these privileges that we are in need of in this earthly walk. But none are to compare with the fact that he loves us so much that he wants to spend eternity with us. Jesus said when the 70 returned and they were excited about casting out demons and all these things, he was like, that's, that's great. I'm paraphrasing. He said, that's great. That's, that's awesome that you see that. But... None of these compare to the fact that your name is written in the book of heaven, that you've inherited, you're inheritors of salvation. We have all these rights and privileges, they're ours, 
We own them. They've already been purchased. We just have to understand them. We just have to exercise our rights. This book is filled with promises and things that we could spend our whole life not fully comprehending or wrapping our, our minds all the way around. But get this one thing right and straight, that he loves us that much that he wants to spend eternity with us. My wife doesn't even want to spend every day sometimes with me, right? <laughs> Kidding. God wants to spend eternity with us at his side. And so I want to ask you today, if you're here, and what I'm speaking and what I'm saying is, is tugging at your heart, Maybe you're in a situation where you already, you know you are an heir of salvation, but I hope that you're compelled as I am through this type of word to strive to understand the fullness of God, all of the rights and privileges and things that he's already bought for me, that I would not leave anything that I own because of what he's done unused in this earthly walk.